0: Welcome to Thinks Out Loud, internet marketing expertise your business needs. I'm Tim Peter. Well, hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Thinks Out Loud, your source for all the digital expertise your business needs. My name is Tim Peter. This is episode 318 of The Big Show, and I think we've got a really cool episode for you. I want to follow up on what we were talking about last time with the earnings reports from the big players, from Amazon and Facebook and Google and Apple and Microsoft and others. And at the time, I'd said Shopify was going to be out with their numbers in just a couple of days, and I wanted to do a follow-up to that. And, oh my gosh, I really, really do, because it's insane what has happened. They had... An unbelievable year, which, given what's happened to a lot of businesses over the course of the last year, that's a really telling statistic. It's a really telling trend. So I want to talk about their numbers for a moment, and I want to be really clear. Nothing I'm about to tell you is meant to be a commercial for Shopify, nor is it meant to be investment advice or anything any of that kind of stuff. Instead, it's simply a representation of facts that you really want to be aware and you really want to be thinking about what they mean for your business. And we'll talk about all of those over the course of the next, you know, 20 minutes or so. So, let's talk about what's been going on with Shopify's business over the last couple of years. And to start, if you're not familiar with Shopify, They are an e-commerce platform that businesses use to sell direct to customers. So if you were to go to, if I sold merchandise on my website and you were to go there, I could use Shopify to sell you, you know, Tim Peter hats and shirts and things like that. Uh, People like Schwinn use them. People like uh, Heineken and Coors, uh, Molson Coors use them to sell directly to their customers. Lisa, the mattress provider, uses them to sell directly to customers. So they're, they're platform play, right? And they have seen three straight years of growth in gross merchandise volume. That is, the volume of merchandise sold through Shopify. It's not Shopify's revenues, it's what their, it's what their merchants sold And when I say three straight years, I'm talking 2017, 2018, 2019. We'll get to 2020 in a minute. Don't you worry. (laughs) So in 2017, they had about $26 billion in merchandise sold through the platform. In 2018, they had $41 billion. And in 2019, they had uh, $61 billion. Now, that's, that's good. That's a compounded annual growth rate of about 32%, 33%. So that's really good. However, the percentage increase year over year, if you look at those numbers, 26 to 41 to 61, declined each year. In 2017, they, they grew 70% from the prior year. So $26 billion was a 70% lift from what they'd done in 2016. Then in 2018, when they went to $41 from 26, that was about 60% growth. So growth dropped by about 10 points. And then in 2019, when they went from 41 to 61, it fell to about 49% growth. Which, let's be fair, we'd all love our revenue growth to fall to only 50% year-on-year, right? That would be just terrible, (laughs) right? (laughs) But the trend was clear. The growth in merchandise volume sold through the platform was slowing. And then 2020 happened. And then last year happened. Shopify went from processing roughly $60 billion in gross merchandise volume to almost $120 billion in gross merchandise volume. They had a year-on-year growth rate. Of 95.6%, which is insane. You want to know what a generational shift to digital looks like? That's what it is. It's crazy how big it was. And if you just look at that compounded annual growth rate prior to 2020, and if you straight line that growth for just the past few years then it should have taken them until midway through 2022 before they got to over $120 billion sold. Without the 2020 numbers, right? From 2019, it would have taken them three years to get to over $120 billion sold. And that calculation that I just told you ignores the fact that their growth had been slowing, In reality, it should have taken them even longer than that. Now, the company states that they now account in the aggregate for almost 9% of all U.S. retail e-commerce. Second behind Amazon, who, let's be fair, Amazon's at 39% by Shopify's accounting, so that's a lot larger. But Shopify lists Walmart at number three, eBay at number four, and Apple at number five with 5.8% share, 4.9% share, and 3.5% share. So they're significantly larger in e-commerce terms than Walmart or eBay or Apple. That's significant. Now, as I said a moment ago, this isn't meant as a commercial for Shopify. And it's not meant as investment advice by any stretch. Get your investment advice elsewhere. But it illustrates two key points. And this is what I really want you to think about from today. The first is that customers are using digital a ton to buy the products and services that matter to them. If you look at Shopify's customers, Shopify's customers... They include things like Molson Coors and Hallmark and Schwinn and Herman Miller and small single-person operations and everything in between. Customers are buying from all kinds of folks, and they expect to use digital to do it. And the second point is that customers are willing to connect directly with companies instead of just buying through Amazon or the other large giants. And again, note the diversity of Shopify's customers base. They're connecting with all kinds of people, and people are connecting with all kinds of companies. And digital is the way they want to do it. Now, there is actually a third point that's worth noting, but I I don't want it to derail us too much for today's discussion. And that point is, as networks grow, they have to provide ways for people to find things in that network. So there were some things in Shopify's earnings where they talked about, you know, they've introduced payment systems and discovery systems so that Shopify can... Uh, so that shoppers can find Shopify-powered merchants, and they've introduced advertising platforms so that merchants can stand out from others on the platform. That's what always happens with a network. It's where Yahoo originally came from. The web started to get big, and people needed a way to navigate it. It's where Google came from. The navigation got big, and people needed a way to search it. That's where Facebook came from. Lots of people got on the internet, and we needed a way to find them. And then people moved to mobile, and that's where Apple with the App Store came in, because they made it easy for people to find, and so on. And I'm leaving out lots of historical predecessors of all of those companies, but you get the point. They organized the variety found on a large network. The flip side, of course, of that is, in as networks get large, someone by design has to provide some gatekeeping function. And if you look at the other products and services that Shopify is introducing, those down the road are potentially gatekeeping actions. And so, once again, we're going to see that the power of choosing to become a dominant player in an ecosystem. but. That's not the point today. The point is customers are using digital a ton to buy the products and services that matter to them, and that customers are willing to connect directly with customer companies. They don't need to just go to the big guys. So great. Let's take it as as a given that all of this is true. The question you ought to be asking right now is what can I do about it? What can you do about it? And I think there are two things you really want to focus on. First, you cannot ignore this moment. It's not too late. Don't look at Shopify's numbers and go, well, I can't possibly get in that game. No, of course you can. I always say the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time is today. But if you don't plant that tree, if you don't recognize this generational shift to digital is the time to plant that tree, then you're setting yourself up for long-term struggles. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Digital is coming for your customers. More importantly, your customers are coming for digital. And your competition is gonna be coming for you, is gonna be coming for your profits, because this is what your customers want. And that's the second key point. Ultimately, this is about what customers want. I've said many times that this is why customer experience is queen. You're being compared, the experience your customers have when they're connecting with you is being compared with every other experience they have every single day. I'm sure you've heard people say at some point in the process, well, why can't it just work like Amazon, even when they're talking about things that have nothing to do with Amazon? Because that set the bar for what the new normal is, for what people expect. Sorry, yeah, check your bingo card, you know, do a shot, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, the new normal. <laughs> I'll try to avoid that phrase, I don't like it either. But it certainly indicates that that's the world we live in. And your customers are asking the question internally about how well you measure up. So you want to start to look at that and ask what's preventing you from making progress? And more importantly, what's most important to your customers? People often ask me, you know, where do I start with this? And that question, what's most important to my customers, is the best starting place. What are your customers telling you about what matters to them? What does your search data tell you? And when I say search data, that's both Google search and also your website's site search. What does your social listening data tell you? What are customers talking about on Facebook or on Instagram or on LinkedIn or wherever your customers happen to gather? Take a look at those and also use what your sales teams and your customer support teams hear and start working to close those gaps. Start looking at your customer experience and say, how do we move this towards digital more effectively in a way that matters to our customers? And of course, if you don't have that data, if you haven't been looking at your Google search data, if you haven't been looking at your site search data, if you haven't been listening to your social listening data, if you haven't been listening to your sales teams and your customer support teams, then collecting the data is where you begin. But it comes back to answering the question of what is most important to your customers. Because the one piece of data that is absolutely clear, whether it's data from the bigger players like I talked about a couple weeks ago, or an aggregation of smaller sellers like Shopify represents, customers take this for granted. This is the world we live in now. They live their lives online and they expect that you will support them while they do that. This is your opportunity. And if you want insane numbers like Shopify has seen, if you want anything, a fraction of the numbers that Shopify has seen, you know, you might not see 95% growth, but you might see 95% growth in your digital channel and that might create an extra couple of points of growth for your company then this is your moment to take advantage of this generational shift to digital. You can do this. It's not too late. And I can't wait to see how well you do. Now, looking at the clock on the wall, we are out of time for this week. I want to remind you that you can find the show notes for today's episode, as well as an archive of all past episodes, by going to timpeter.com slash podcast. Again, that's timpeter.com slash podcast. Just look for episode 318. And don't forget while you're there that you can click on the subscribe link in any of the episodes you find on timpeter.com slash podcast to have Things Out Loud delivered to your favorite podcatcher every single week. You can also find Things Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Overcast, wherever fine podcasts are found. Just do a search for Tim Peter Thinks, Tim Peter Thinks Out Loud, or Thinks Out Loud. We should show up for any of those. While you're there, I would also very much appreciate it if you could provide us a positive rating or review for the show. It helps new listeners find us, it helps them figure out what the show is all about, and it just helps overall in getting the word out. It means so much to me personally, and I would very much appreciate the review. You can also find things Out Loud on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash associates. You can find us on LinkedIn by going to linkedin.com slash associates. You can find me on Twitter using the Twitter handle at tcpeter. And, of course, you can email me. Just send an email to podcast at timpeter.com. Again, that's podcast at timpeter.com. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor. Things Out Loud is brought to you by Solo Segment. Solo Segment uses machine learning, natural language processing, and some really cool AI technology to help understand customer behavior and personalize the experiences that customers have on large enterprise B2B sites. They do this using anonymous behavioral data to connect website visitors with the content that matters to help them accomplish their goals and to drive conversions for your business. And they do all of this while protecting consumer privacy. You can learn more about Solo Segment and all the wonderful things they do by going to solosegment.com. Again, that is solosegment.com. With all that said, I want to say once more how much I appreciate you tuning in week after week after week. It means just the world to me that you do. I know we've all been living through a lot over the last year. And so it's just so great to have you to talk with every couple of weeks or every week or so. And I really appreciate you doing it. So I hope you continue to stay well. I hope you stay healthy. I hope you take care of yourself. Please have a great rest of the week, have a great weekend ahead, and I'll look forward to catching up with you here on Thinks Out Loud next time. Until then, please be well, be safe, and as ever, take care, everybody.